Welcome to Crawling Through Scripture. My name is Peter. Join me as I read the Bible from beginning to end. Whether you're taking your first steps in faith or crawling back to Jesus, the idea of this podcast is to go from crawling through Scripture to walking in Jesus. On the last episode, we read Genesis chapter 14, 15, and 16. Chapter 14 starts off with a war. Four kings allied together and fought against five kings. The group of four consisted of Amphrile of Shinar, Arioch of Elasser, Ketileomer of Elam, and Tidal of Goam. The group of five consisted of Bera of Sodom, Bersha of Gomorrah, Shanab of Adma, Shemeber of Zeboam, and the king of Bela, Zor. The war started when the five kings rebelled against Ketileomer, who they had served for twelve years. One of the key battles took place in the valley of Siddim, when the king of Sodom and Gomorrah fought Ketileomer and his allies. The kings of Sodom and Gomorrah lost the battle and had to flee. Their cities were taken captive by the enemy forces. Lot, Abram's nephew, who lived near Sodom, was taken as a prisoner. One of Lot's men who escaped went to the Oaks of Mamre to inform Abram of his nephew's fate. Upon hearing the news, Abram rallied 318 trained men from his household and pursued Lot's captor to Dan. He overtook them and defeated them, chasing them all the way to Hobah, north of Damascus. Abram brought Lot, his family, and all his possessions back to Canaan. Later, Abram meets Melchizedek. Bera, king of Sodom, and Melchizedek, king of Salem, met Abram at the valley of Sheva. When he returned from his victory, Melchizedek is described as a king and as the priest of God Most High. Melchizedek blessed Abram, and Abram gave him a tenth of all he possessed. The king of Sodom offered all the spoils of the war to Abram, but he refused them because he didn't want it to be said that king of Sodom made him rich. And that was Genesis 14. Now in Genesis 15, God promises Abram many children. After God appeared to Abram in a vision, Abram expressed his concern with God's promise to make him a great nation because he and Sarai were unable to conceive children. God told Abram not to worry because his descendants would be equal to the number of stars in the sky. Abram believed the Lord and he counted it to him as righteousness. Later, God promises Canaan to Abram's descendants. Abram asked God how he could be sure his children would inherit the land of Canaan. God told him to take a heifer, a goat, a ram, a turtle dove, and a pigeon and cut them in half except for the pigeon. Abraham did as God instructed, and that night God caused him to fall asleep and experience a dreadful and great darkness. Abraham was told his offspring would be strangers in another land that did not belong to them. 
and that they would suffer for 400 years. But after the 400 years, they would leave with great possessions. God was going to delay the inheritance of Canaan by Abram's descendants for 400 years because the Amorites who lived in Canaan were not yet wicked enough for God to cast out. God caused a firepot, a flaming torch, to pass through the divided animals. He made a covenant with Abram to give his children the land from the river of Egypt to the great Euphrates River. And that was Genesis 15. Later in Genesis 16, Sarai, Abram's wife, had an Egyptian servant named Hagar. Sarai was unable to have children, so she told Abram to take Hagar and attempt to have children with her. Hagar successfully conceived a child, and from that time on, she began to look down on Sarai. Sarai dealt harshly with Hagar, which led her to run away from Abram's house. The angel of the Lord found Hagar by a spring of water in the wilderness and asked her where she was going. She told him she was fleeing from her mistress, Sarai. The angel told Hagar to return to Sarai. He told her she was pregnant with a son, and the Lord was going to make her child's descendants into a large nation. Hagar was instructed to name her son Ishmael. The angel foretold Ishmael would be a wild donkey of a man, his hand against everyone and everyone's hand against him. Hagar blessed the Lord and called him the God of seeing because he looked after her in her time of trouble. The spring of water where the angel of the Lord met Hagar became known as Ber Laharoi. Abram was 86 years old when Ishmael was born. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am El Shaddai, God Almighty. Serve me faithfully and live a blameless life. I will make a covenant with you by which I will guarantee to give you countless descendants. At this time, Abram fell face down on the ground. Then God said to him, This is my covenant with you. I will make you the father of a multitude of nations. What's more, I am changing your name. It will no longer be Abram. Instead, you will be called Abraham. Fun fact. Abraham means father of multitudes or father of nations in Hebrew. For you will be the father of many nations. I will make you extremely fruitful. Your descendants will become many nations and kings will be among them. I will confirm my covenant with you and your descendants after you. From generation to generation, this is the everlasting covenant. I will always be your God and the God of your descendants after you. And I will give the entire land of Canaan, where you now live as a foreigner, to you and your descendants. It will be their possession forever, and I will be their God. Then God said to Abram, Your responsibility is to obey the terms of the covenant. You and all your descendants have this continual responsibility. 
This is the covenant that you and your descendants must keep. Each male among you must be circumcised. You must cut off the flesh of your foreskin as a sign of the covenant between me and you. From generation to generation. Can you imagine what's going on in this 99-year-old man's mind? As he is being told by God to get circumcised. Every male child must be circumcised on the eighth day after his birth. This applies not only to members of your family, but also to the servants born in your household and the foreign-born servants whom you have purchased. All must be circumcised. Your bodies will bear the mark of my everlasting covenant. Any male who fails to be circumcised will be cut off from the covenant family for breaking the covenant. But then God said to Abraham, regarding Sarai, Your wife, her name will no longer be Sarai. From now on, her name will be Sarah. Another fun fact. So Sarai and Sarah apparently both mean the same thing, which is princess in Hebrew. Some scholars believe that it's a change in the spelling. And it may reflect the difference in dialect between Ur of the Chaldeans which was where Abraham is from, and the dialect of the land of Canaan, which is where they are now, and the land that God gifted them and their descendants. And I will bless her and give you a son from her. Yes, I will bless her richly, and she will become the mother of many nations. Kings of nations will be among her descendants. Then Abraham bowed down to the ground, but he laughed to himself in disbelief. How could I become a father at the age of a hundred, he thought. And how could Sarah have a baby when she is ninety years old? So Abraham said to God, May Ishmael live under your special blessing. But God replied, No, Sarah, your wife, will give birth to a son for you. You will name him Isaac. And I will confirm my covenant with him and his descendants as an everlasting covenant. As for Ishmael, I will bless him also, just as you have asked. I will make him extremely fruitful and multiply his descendants. He will become the father of twelve princes, and I will make him a great nation. But my covenant will be confirmed with Isaac, who will be born to you and Sarah about this time next year. When God had finished speaking, he left Abraham. This is a fair warning. Gets pretty graphic after this. On that very day, Abraham took his son Ishmael and every male in his household, including those born there and those he had bought. Then he circumcised them, cutting off their foreskin, just as God had told him. Abraham was 99 years old when he was circumcised, and Ishmael, his son, was 13. Both Abraham and his son, Ishmael, were circumcised on that same day, along with all the other men and boys of the household, whether they were born there or bought as servants. All were circumcised with him. The Lord appeared again to Abraham near the old grove belonging to Mamre. 
One day Abraham was sitting at the entrance to his tent during the hottest part of the day. He looked up and noticed three men standing nearby. When he saw them, he ran to meet them and welcomed them, bowing low to the ground. My Lord, he said, if it pleases you, stop here for a while. Rest in the shade of this tree while water is brought to wash your feet. And since you've honored your servant with this visit, let me prepare some food to refresh you before you continue on your journey. All right, they said. Do as you have said. So Abraham ran back to his tent and said to Sarah, Hurry, get three large measures of your best flour, knead it into dough, and bake some bread. Then Abraham ran out to the herd and chose a tender calf and gave it to his servant, who quickly prepared it. When the food was ready, Abraham took some yogurt and milk and the roasted meat, and he served it to the men. As they ate, Abraham waited on them in the shade of the trees. Where is Sarah, your wife, the visitors asked. She's inside the tent, Abraham replied. Then one of them said, I will return to you about this time next year, and your wife Sarah will have a son. Sarah was listening to this conversation from the tent. Abraham and Sarah were both very old by this time, and Sarah was long past the age of having children. So she laughed silently to herself and said, How can a worn-out woman like me enjoy such pleasure especially when my master, my husband, is also so old. I mean, can we really blame Sarah for laughing? Being told at 89 years old that in a year she would have given birth to her first child. That's insane. I have personally not had any children yet. And it does feel like I might be 100 years old by the time I have my first child. But still, I would laugh. Then the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh? Why did she say, Can an old woman like me have a baby? Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return about this time next year, and Sarah will have a son. Sarah was afraid, so she denied it, saying, I didn't laugh. But the Lord said, No, you did laugh. Then the men got up, from their meal and looked out toward Sodom. As they left, Abraham went with them to send them on their way. Should I hide my plan from Abraham? The Lord asked. For Abraham will certainly become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth will be blessed through him. I have singled him out so that he will direct his sons and their families to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just. Then I will do for Abraham all that I have promised. So the Lord told Abraham, I have heard a great outcry from Sodom and Gomorrah. Because their sin is so flagrant, I am going down to see if their actions are as wicked as I have heard. If not, I want to know. The other men turned and headed toward Sodom, but the Lord remained with Abraham. Abraham approached him and said, 
Will you sweep away both the righteous and the wicked? Suppose you find 50 righteous people living there in the city. Will you still sweep it away and not spare it for their sake? Surely you wouldn't do such a thing, destroying the righteous along with the wicked. Why, you would treat the righteous and the wicked exactly the same. Surely you wouldn't do that. Should not the judge of all the earth do what is right? And the Lord replied, If I find fifty righteous people in Sodom, I will spare the entire city for their sake. Then Abraham spoke again, Since I have begun, let me speak further to my Lord, even though I am but dust and ashes. Suppose there are only forty-five righteous people rather than fifty. Will you destroy the whole city for lack of five? And the Lord said, I will not destroy it if I find forty-five righteous people there. Then Abraham pressed his request further. Suppose there are only forty. And the Lord replied, I will not destroy it for the sake of forty. For the sake of the forty. Please don't be angry, my Lord, Abraham pleaded. Let me speak. Suppose only thirty righteous people are found. And the Lord replied, I will not destroy it if I find thirty. Then Abraham said, Since I have dared to speak to the Lord, let me continue. Suppose there are only twenty. And the Lord replied, Then I will not destroy it for the sake of the twenty. Finally, Abraham said, Lord, please don't be angry with me. If I speak one more time, suppose only ten are found there. And the Lord replied, then I will not destroy it for the sake of the ten. When the Lord had finished his conversation with Abraham, he went on his way, and Abraham returned to his tent. Why do you think that Abraham is going back and forth with the Lord about Sodom? Why is he so worried about Sodom and Gomorrah? Do you think it's because he knows Lot? His nephew is living there, and he's trying to avoid Sodom being destroyed for the sake of his nephew. I don't know, that's just a thought. That evening, two angels came to the entrance of the city of Sodom. Lot was sitting there, and when he saw them, he stood up to meet them. Then he welcomed them and bowed with his face to the ground. My lords, he said, come to my home to wash your feet and be my guests for the night. You may then get up early in the morning and be on your way again. It's kind of cool how both Abraham and Lot bowed down to these angels and offered to wash their feet. To be honest, when I think of an angel, I wouldn't think of an angel walking, but I mean, I can imagine just these angels with their little sandals on or sand in between their toes dirty feet you know sandal feet and both Lot and Abraham welcomed them with respect and submission oh no they replied we'll just spend the night out here in the city square but Lot insisted so at last they went home with him Lot prepared a feast for them complete with fresh bread made without yeast, and they ate. 
But before they retired for the night, all the men of Sodom, young and old, came from all over the city and surrounded the house. They shouted to Lot, Where are the men who came to spend the night with you? Bring them out to us so we can have sex with them. Notice the difference in greeting between Lot and Abraham, who bow down to these angels and offer to wash their feet, compared to the citizens, these men of Sodom, who had a lust at first sight with these angels, who they call men. So Lot stepped outside to talk to them, shutting the door behind him. Please, my brothers, he begged, don't do such a wicked thing. Look, I have two virgin daughters. Let me bring them out to you. So before we give Lot the Father of the Year award, I'm sure he had his reasons why he would offer up his, his two daughters, two virgin daughters at that. One reason maybe he was just so scared. And he wanted to protect these angels, these men, because of Eastern tradition. They had to make sure they protected their guests. But to offer up your two virgin daughters to this group of sex-crazed homosexuals that are ready to rape on sight, maybe he knew that these men, I mean, he did know these men, he did live in Sodom. Maybe he knew that they would reject his daughters, and maybe he thought that they would just reject them and leave. No. Do with them as you wish, but please leave these men alone, for they are my guests and under my protection. Stand back, they shouted. This fellow came to town as an outsider, and now he's acting like our judge? We'll treat you far worse than those other men. And they lunged toward Lot to break down the door. But the two angels reached out, pulled Lot into the house, and bolted the door. Then they blinded all the men, young and old, who were at the door of the house. So they gave up trying to get inside. Meanwhile, the angels questioned Lot. Do you have any other relatives here in the city? They asked. Get them out of this place. Your sons-in-law, sons, daughters, or anyone else. For we are about to destroy the city completely. The outcry against this place is so great it has reached the Lord. And he has sent us to destroy it. So Lot rushed out to tell his daughter's fiancés, Quick, get out of the city. The Lord is about to destroy it. But the young men thought he was only joking. Man, I know I'm going to step on some toes when I say this. Sometimes, <clears throat> sometimes the in-laws could be right. You know? Just imagine if these two young men would have listened instead of thinking he was joking. Imagine what they said. Come on, Lot. You're a goof, dude. You're a goof. You're always judging us. You're always judging the city. 
Lord's not going to tear this place down. Get out of here. Get out of town, lot. At dawn, the next morning, the angels became insistent. Hurry, they said to Lot. Take your wife and your two daughters who are here. Get out right quick. Right quick. Got some southern angels. Get out right quick, Lot. At dawn, the next morning, the angels became insistent. Hurry, they said to Lot. Take your wife and your two daughters who are here. Get out right now, or you will be swept away in the destruction of the city. When Lot still hesitated, the angels seized his hand and the hands of his wife and two daughters and rushed them to safety outside the city, for the Lord was merciful. When they were safely out of the city, one of the angels ordered, Run for your lives and don't look back or stop anywhere in the valley. Escape to the mountains or you will be swept away. Oh no, my lord, Lot begged. You have been so gracious to me and saved my life, and you have shown such greatness, but I cannot go to the mountains. Disaster would catch up to me there, and I would soon die. So there is a small village nearby. Please let me go there instead. Don't you see how small it is? Then my life will be saved. All right, the angel said. I will grant your request. I will not destroy the little village, but hurry, escape to it, for I can do nothing until you arrive there. This explains why the village was known as Zor, which means little place. Lot reached the village just as the sun was rising over the horizon. Then the Lord rained down fire and burning sulfur from the sky on Sodom and Gomorrah. He utterly destroyed them, along with the other cities and villages of the plain, wiping out all the people and every bit of vegetation. But Lot's wife looked back as she was following behind him, and she turned into a pillar of salt. I think a lot of us could use this as an example of getting out of bad situation, whether it's a bad relationship, bad friendship, a bad place in our lives, hanging out with the wrong group of people, whether it's physically, mentally, spiritually, there's times where we know we shouldn't look back, whether it's God telling us not to look back or our own conscience telling us, don't look back, don't go there anymore, don't think about it, just forget about the past, just focus on the future. And through our own stubbornness, we look back or we go back and sometimes it could cost us everything. Abraham got up early that morning and hurried out to the place where he had stood in the Lord's presence. He looked out across the plain towards Sodom and Gomorrah and watched as columns of smoke rose from the cities like smoke from a furnace. But God had listened to Abraham's request and kept Lot safe, removing him from the disaster that engulfed the cities on the plain. Afterward, Lot left Zoar because he was afraid of the people there, and he went to live in a cave in the mountains with his two daughters. One day the older daughter said to her sister, 
There are no men left anywhere in this entire area. So we can't get married like everyone else. And our father will soon be too old to have children. Come, let's get him drunk with wine, and then we will have sex with him. That way, we will preserve our family line through our father. See, I'm not a father by any means, meaning I, I haven't had any kids yet. But anyways, take this with a grain of salt. This is why I think it is so important to watch where you're raising your children. These two girls were a product of Sodom. They grew up in Sodom. And rape was definitely on their mind. Just as the group of men that were trying to rape the angels, these two girls were no better. So that night, they got him drunk with wine, and the older daughter went in and had intercourse with her father. He was unaware of her lying down or getting up again. The next morning, the older daughter said to her younger sister, I had sex with our father last night. Let's get him drunk with wine again tonight, and you could go in and have sex with him. That way, we will preserve our family line through our father. So that night, they got him drunk with wine again, and the younger daughter went in and had intercourse with him. As before, he was unaware of her lying down or getting up again. As a result, both of Lot's daughters became pregnant by their own father. When the older daughter gave birth to a son, she named him Moab. He became the ancestor of the nation now known as the Moabites. When the younger daughter gave birth to a son, she named him Ben-Ami. He became the ancestor of the nation now known as the Ammonites. 